I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul both individually and together. I'm a bridge for relationships between earthlings of all species so that the heart bond becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I'm an animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. For people who are getting to know me personally, they are sometimes surprised to discover that I am a bit of a sports girl, meaning I follow certain sports closely like hockey, football in the past, a la Denver Broncos, we don't need to go there, (laughs) and certainly right now as I live in Colorado, basketball. As someone who was born here, I remember some of the highlights of the legacy of sports in Denver and in Colorado, as well as some of the names, which is really just great fun for me and maybe one of the benefits of growing older on this planet. I like sports because of the contrast that it offers me in terms of my own experience, such as the physical contact, oh yeah, and the competition, and let's face it, the good-natured, impassioned trash-talking between fans of different teams. One Colorado Avalanche game, that's hockey, by the way, that my sons and I went to had an interesting situation (laughs) whereby one really drunk fan took a header not down the stairs in the section where we were, but over the top of the seats. And he just completely lost his balance and fell forward about four to five rows of people and landed, unfortunately, on a kid who looked to be about 10 years old. Nobody was hurt, although I'm sure that kid was pretty scared. Security was called, the man was dispatched, and I'm fairly certain it was to a safer place, i.e. a jail cell, to sleep it off until the next day. And of course, at these home games, the majority of fans are rooting for the home team. So it's another aspect of actually celebrating the contrast of a particularly hard cross check, again, hockey, or a sack of a quarterback, that's football, or a fierce dunk of a basketball. You may notice that I'm leaving out baseball, which frankly, is kind of milk toast to me, meaning it's a bit ho-hum. Yes, I know that double and triple plays can sometimes be exciting and that there's a strategy involved. I honestly think that it doesn't have the contact high, if you will, that the other sports offer me as a contrast outlet. The latter is what I refer to in the Master Language Immersion course in the Animals Eye View Academy, so that every week for the participants, it's important to have some kind of contrast outlet, so that contrast is deliberately experienced and is made part of seeking that energy, just as moments of light are deliberately sought out, because it's all about the balance and the partnership between the two. I also have and have had for quite some time a subscription to Sports Illustrated, which I just love to read. I'm going to name the human interest stories. Plus, it kind of brings me up to date on what's going on in in sports. For instance, the rise of the 
popularity of pickleball, of all things, and all the contrast issues that may go along with that. For me, it's just great fun to read. It's great entertainment at the end of the day when I'm kind of winding down and I'm going to check into the world of sports. Currently in Denver in the NBA final, it's tied at one game each between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. And of course, by the time this podcast drops on Thursday, we'll know who won Wednesday's game. So exciting to think about. Although I have to say my sleep might be better if the game started at like four in the afternoon rather than even at six. Although it's certainly better now than during the conference finals when the game started at 8.30 local time. That adrenaline rush makes it hard for my body to calm down and get to sleep, and even more so when the Nuggets lose. And it's interesting to me from an energy standpoint how the Nuggets, as Rodney Dangerfield would say, don't get no respect right now or maybe ever from the sports media. We just, we just care about that championship in Denver. And at the same time, I think the neutrality with which the team plays, that meaning the Denver Nuggets, actually has a large amount to do with the perception of how they are and, more importantly, who they are. Because we humans, we want our sports to be filled with all sorts of contrasts, especially in the people themselves, although it is of note that there isn't nearly the same amount of, air quotes, bad girls in women's sports as there are bad boys, or at least the perception of the same, right? Yeah, I know it's a stereotype, and I'm hoping you'll indulge me for just a few more seconds. And yeah, I also know it's part of our patriarchal ruling society for there to be stereotypes and bias both for and against. But I haven't heard of a WNBA player flashing a gun or being suspended for spousal or partner abuse. I also haven't heard of an NWSL player, absent Hope Solo's charges, getting arrested for DUI or for causing a fight in a club. We could probably argue this on both sides all day long. I would still bet that the passion and commitment, regardless of gender identity of a professional athlete, is really what stacks up equally on a one-to-one and team basis. And so where the respect or lack thereof towards the Nuggets is concerned is that perhaps it lies in the lack of contrast found individually or on the team, meaning there are no transgressors of the law currently on the team, at least that my interwebs research could find. There's no transgressors of spouses or partners or children. And while I'm certain that they don't lack in having or finding contrast during a game, it does seem as if the overall function of the team lacks a certain contrast that humans want to see in their sports. Basketball, of course, isn't as high a contact sport as, say, hockey or certainly football. I mean, you're called for fouls if your physical interaction with another play or player is against the rules, and I'm certain you all know what I mean. So, as contrast is vital to our health and well-being, whether you think it is or not, (laughs) you're here on planet Earth that has a fixed design of unified duality, which means Contrast has to be present somewhere as a member of predator and prey species, which you are. Sure, it might come out in religion and designating things or people as evil. It might come out in gossip about someone at work. 
And surely we can see it in the media at times. And absent the majority of us putting a cross-check or a tackle on a perceived competitor, say a work colleague (laughs) or our spouse when they want to adjust the thermostat again for the umpteenth time so that we all coexist in either a sauna or a freezer, depending upon your preference, sports and our energetic interaction with them is important or at least a semblance of a sport, because sometimes we use reality TV shows or dramedies for that same purpose. And to be clear, it's just a really good thing to do for yourself so that you don't end up having this contrast all bottled up with nowhere to go except inside. And then it might get projected out towards someone or something way out of proportion to what you think they did to you to make you feel the way that you do. And sure, there's also over-identification with contrasts such as hating another person or a group of people simply because you don't like their lifestyle or their skin color or their choice of gender identity. And guess what? Those are not true contrast outlets. Because someone is harmed in the process of that because of how you feel. And of course, how you feel is always up to you. These nuggets, though, because they're handling their team contrast in such a way as to be responsible for their own feelings, aren't blaming anyone other than themselves for any loss. And they're celebrating their wins because of how it matters to them, you see. They seem to like each other. They seem to like their team. And because that necessary friction either within themselves or between each other isn't really present... There's nothing of note for the sports pundits to seize on and either make fun of or say that they're losing because of this team member or that team member. It's clear, at least to one fan here in Colorado, that their shared perception of reality is really focused on their success as a team and nothing else much matters. And come to think of it, maybe it's centered around the zen-like quality of Nikola Jokic, whose home life seems really balanced with basketball being a contrast outlet for him. Some have gone so far as to call him a unicorn, a once-in-a-generation player who's resetting the bar for every other player around him and to come after him. I'll put a link in the podcast notes for the article, courtesy from the New York Times, in which they totally buried the lead, in my opinion, at the very end of the article. Then again... Even a unicorn has a horn on their head, right? What does that mean exactly and how is it used? And right about now, I'm feeling the soft nose of what feels like horse just under my right arm. And yet I'm also getting the distinct visual impression of a good sized, probably about two feet in length and about six inches in diameter at the base horn that seems to add the balance to what we typically think of as unicorn and their magical qualities, healing tears and all. Because when we look at the mythical creatures who do exist in other dimensions, and why we call a human a unicorn, for instance, it's because we feel that there's a certain mystique in who they are and what they do that seems so extraordinary that it's almost unhuman, so that it sets them so far apart and above the rest of us and out of our reach as if it does exist in other dimensions to which only they have access. 
And maybe we question it a bit as well, as if, so he seems like he's human. I know people who have seen him in person and lived to tell the tale. And I know that he's a member of a basketball team and that he lives on Earth. It's just that like unicorn, other mythical, and you know, I might change their names to mystical creatures for spelling's sake. And then again, that's not much better. Mythical defined as imaginary or made up, although Joseph Campbell would surely have a thing or three to say about the purpose of myths in our lives, and mystical defined as having a spiritual meaning or reality that is neither apparent to the senses nor obvious to the intelligence. Mystical it is then, and maybe we'd paraphrase by saying mystical creatures of myths. To quote from Campbell, Mythology is not a lie. Mythology is poetry. It is metaphorical. It has been well said that mythology is the penultimate truth. Penultimate because the ultimate cannot be put into words. It is beyond words, beyond images, beyond that bounding rim of the Buddhist wheel of becoming. Mythology pitches the mind beyond that rim to what can be known but not told. If we pitch not only our brains, but our bodies as well, beyond that rim to what can be known, then we're in the familiar realm of our bodies, acting as a receiver for the energies of these mystical creatures, because truth be told, just as in your dreams, these embodiments of energy coming to you as metaphors with magical powers are here always, always for a purpose and a reason. This has everything to do with what you need at a particular moment in time that will perform the function in the form in which it becomes because, of course, unicorn is not dragon, is not fairy, is not elf, or any other mystical creature. If energy and vibration and frequency were all the same, then we would just have one big-horned, fire-breathing creature with translucent wings that wore what might look like questionable clothes, which elf protest just a bit right now, that performed all of the magical functions. We wouldn't have need of separate forms of all these and more, but that's what your energy and my energy and our collective energy dictates. We call on a particular frequency, the function, and it takes shape. Back when I was doing the radio shows, I did a stretch of episodes of where we called in Dragon one week, and then Unicorn the next, and then the Fae, and so on, and it was so much fun. I remember one listener DM'd me afterwards and said, oh my God, I cannot believe when I felt and then saw this three-inch tall purple dragon coming towards me and how warm its body felt when I picked them up in my hand. You see, as the animals know, it is only our species that attempts to have such ironclad parameters around our experience on this planet that blocks out other dimensions and most other energies except our own, and lets in mostly the energy of what we think we want, which is of light, yada yada, you all know the drill. And here's the real question as posed by the mystical creatures, quote, in order to balance your human experience on planet Earth, we propose you let in more light and at the same time, a bit more contrast as well. We're happy to carry this bucket, I would add, of water, which equals emotions in metaphor language for you. You want to know why? 
because it's only with the balance between the two, the embrace between the two, that you will start to feel better. When you start to feel better and more content, you start to see more joy around you. When you start to see more joy around you, you start to want more balance, and so you bring in more of the light and contrast to light as well. At this moment, Faye steps forward with, in all of their glitteriness, and make no mistake, <laughs> still carrying a rather sharp stick with which to poke you, me, and anyone else who needs it, they say. Sure, they come across, as they well know and like to promote, as all the tea parties and flowers and gardens and fun times. And as always, there's got to be not exactly a price to pay for that, but a partnership with what exists here on Earth. Faye continues in what sounds like to me a bit of a Glenda the Good Witch from the original Wizard of Oz voice. Quote, Because the unicorns and the dragons and all of us earthbound energies that flit between the dimensions know, we're caught as well as you all are in this planetary web that can act a bit like any web in catching that which must be caught and letting others escape who must escape. All of that is beyond our pay grade and yours, and the real question is, wouldn't you like a drop of whiskey in that tea of yours? No one will know the difference, you see. <laughs> well, I think it's fair to say that the fae caught us all by surprise. And see, it's just like them to bring in that balance of something that is a contrast outlet at a proper tea party. It lends a bit of a delicious tang to the tea and reminds us all that wholeness is necessary because it's not about the parts, which is where we tend to get stuck as in either or, plus minus. It's about the balance of the thing as a whole and how it tastes slash feels. As the fae flit away, and I would invite you, as they're saying, just for once, not to imagine them riding dragonflies or frogs or whatever else our fantasies think they might, they would love it, love it, if just for once you might see them on top of a, oh, say, 2023 Harley Sportster S, the link for which is in the podcast notes. They brought in the motorcycle. They specified the brand. I looked it up on the interwebs, which is how this works. And so the minute I found it on the interwebs, the Fae jumped up and down and clapped their hands with delight just to imagine themselves zipping around through the woods and scaring the you-know-what out of the rest of the animals. They love a good practical joke and one that has a bit of an edge, naturally. We started out with Unicorn entering in through the slight veil between here and also here, and they stepped forward again with the sweet, pungent breath of dragon close by. I wouldn't be surprised if we also felt the rather turbulent upsweep of the wings of Pegasus, a long, long-time companion of mine, as is dragon, to be sure. The key with any mystical creature is to let yourself be drawn close to them and by them. Be willing to follow their lead. You don't get to choose, they get to choose. You're perfectly safe and in perfect company for whatever function their form brings to you. I mentioned the healing tears of unicorn before, or so the myth goes. Imagine to sit or lie nearby a lovely rushing stream, the slight buzz of insects wafting about, a cool breeze stirring on an otherwise sunny day, and the faint aroma of lilacs. 
being washed through the air just so. Your back is against the side of Unicorn as you rest upon each other and you feel the deep, steady breathing of this essence of starlight so pure that it makes you want to weep. And so you do, knowing that Unicorn is here to lighten your load and let you relax just for a bit when the world itself is overwhelming. And not exactly on the opposite end, but still a fair distance away, is Dragon and Pegasus. Dragon is who is called to me when faced with unfriendly energy, and those who would pressure me to be what they want me to be and not who I choose to be, and certainly not who I am. If they dial it up a notch, it will be more than met by Dragon, who can be any size and color that is appropriate for the situation at hand. Again, let Dragon choose, and if need be, encourage them into battle with you. You would be hard-pressed to find such a fierce fellow competitor and warrior by your side than Dragon, because their presence alone is enough to make any human sit up just a bit straighter. My friend, the Pegasus, well, that's your chariot to the outer reaches of the galaxy, and you may find that they come to you unbidden as your heart's most inner desire and emotions are known to them. They may just appear and take note of their color when they do so. It often matches what you need. As always, follow their lead. So if they say, hop on, well then, hop on. You can go as fast and as slow as you'd like. There is such a pure partnership between you as you sit on their broad back and become one with their wings. Because that's the whole point after all, right? To have the support, the truth, the authenticity, and above all, the resonance from these mystical creatures all along your path on earth. It's why they're here, to make sure you feel unalone, when the aloneness isn't what you crave any longer, and it's company of a certain mythical and mystical sort that's needed instead. Follow the mystical, they say, and trust your heart to know its way. And at least... That's how the animals and the mystical creatures see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer, and be sure to subscribe. I'm going to be taking a podcast break for the rest of the month of June, and I'll return on July 6th. We'll chat about how our language is really nothing more than vocalizations, the same as it is with any other species. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.